The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Temp juice. Wait, what? (laughs) We are live to tape on the W2M Network as this is week 11 of the kickoff here on the W2M. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're listening, everybody. I apologize. My vocal range is not what it usually is right now. I am just getting over a bit of a throat infection. So I'm going to be a little more demeanored than I usually am on this show. That being said, I am joined by the full cast of characters. The co-host turned executive producer, down since day one co-hosted that, Brandon Biscoming. I think part of the um, the outtakes uh, got onto the podcast for once tonight. This is what happens when you let Jason say stuff as we go live. <laughs> The executive producer turned co-host, Eric Watkins. Allez, les champions de rouge et noir. Allez, allez. Do I even want to know? It's going to lead to a CFL reference later, I'm pretty sure. You were correct. (laughs) See? Harry gets it. And the chairman of the W2M Network, Jason Teasley. Beans and disease to you too, Eric. <laughs> just, just don't go pilgrim on us. That's all we ask. <laughs> Whatever you do, never go pilgrim. We have a special Thanksgiving-themed buy or sell coming up a little bit later on in the show, especially given how most of the games usually fall around this time of the year, right around Thanksgiving weekend. So it makes sense for us to have a Thanksgiving-themed buy or sell. But we start tonight's show how we always do, with studs and duds. Eric? While I would love to open up the show with a shout-out to my Ottawa Red Blacks, coming up with the big win, Trevor Harris, a playoff record six touchdown passes in the East Final to get back to the Grey Cup. I, I, I must admit, my heart is staying south of the border this time. For there was a quarterback forced to start due to injury, What does he do? He runs wild, literally. Granted, I know it's unsustainable, but for a debut, it was magnificent. 27 carries for 117 yards to match 150 yards through the air in his first NFL win. My stud for this week, one Lamar Jackson. He's shitty. I don't know. Nobody else was talking, so. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm good uh, with uh, Lamar Jackson. I think he had a good d- debut. And Joe Flacco may have gotten injured out of a job in Baltimore. Uh-huh. Not that Lamar wasn't going to take over for him anyway, but we may be upon the precipice much sooner than anticipated. Do you think this will kind of be like a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady type situation where uh, Lamar has such a good seat at rest of the season that uh, that they completely get rid of Flacco? I mean, I think he's going to have to do more to prove himself as a passing quarterback because, like what Eric said, I don't think being True. a rushing quarterback in the NFL is sustainable no. for any kind of time. 
No, absolutely not. Not, not for G3. to those levels. Not to those levels. I mean, you uh, need RG3. to have a balance. RG3. Yep. RG3 lasted for like a season and a half, and then mm-hmm. his injury issue started. All right, Brandon, you're up. Who's your stud for the week? My stud for the okay, week. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Stop. Before you, before you give your stud for the week, I need to say something here because this time I was the victim of it. Read the damn chat at Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, son of Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He tried to take not only my stud for the week, but also my so that happened for the week. Come on, man. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Bisco's going to Bisco. My, my stud for the week is T.Y. Hilton. Going for 155 yards and two touchdowns in the uh, thrashing that the Colts put on the Titans. More on that in a little bit. Don't look now. Indianapolis has won four in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, Indy is looking good. I mean, they, they're they finding their, their stride down to... If I recall correctly, I think I actually picked them to finish second in that division this year. Or wait, I think I might have had them third. Because I think I went Jacksonville, uh, Houston, Indianapolis, Tennessee, if I recall correctly. Uh, Jason had to step away for a second, so I'm going to go ahead and give you guys my stud while we write for him. The stud that Brandon attempted to steal. Hashtag Brandon going to Brandon. And my stud for the week is Jarrett Goff quarterback, Los Angeles, not St. Louis, like I tried to say multiple times last week, Rams. Um, That wasn't football. That was freaking Madden arcade version <laughs> of what they did on Monday night. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that Eric will have more about this game in a little bit because I know that we're going to touch on this one. So that happened. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> but... When you're looking at NFL records being set on the field and a four-touchdown, no-interception, granted two fumbles, one of which was returned for a touchdown performance, and over 400 yards. I'm pulling up the game cast so that way I can get you guys the exact number here. Give me one second while I do that. 413. Thank you. 413 yards on 31 out of 49. So basically about a 62% completion percentage. Four touchdowns, and as I mentioned, no interceptions. He also proceeded to add rushing yards to that total as well. Not many, but a few, including one critical rushing first down late in the third quarter. As I said, this wasn't football. This was a Madden game come to life. (laughs) But damn, was it fun to watch. Uh For anybody who's ever watched, who's never watched arena football, think last, think that Monday night game just ate aside and on a 50-yard field. That was pretty much it. Goff had four carries for six yards and a rushing touchdown, so technically he was responsible for five scores on Monday night. Jason, I believe, has the other side of this game. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to step away for a second while doing wife things and not knowing how to work a website. So, But yes, uh, but surprisingly, it's not for his stats completely. I mean, I said it once. I've said it again. I'll eat crow on this. Uh, Mahomes has proven me wrong uh, because he is performing at a, 
at a higher level than what anybody gave him credit for. But <clears throat> what I'm going to what locked him into my study this week is the poise he had. He was down 10, throws a beautiful, perfectly pass bomb to heel down the middle of the field, cuts it within three, and keeps him in the game until the very end. Uh, he showed a lot of poise, a lot of maturity that I honestly, I didn't think that he had in him. And you said you compare this to a Madden game. This game reminded me of the West Virginia Baylor game from a few years back of the absolutely unreal basketball score. I think it was like 72 to 64 or something was the final. Um, there was very, everybody talks about this defense and says, well, there's no defense played. There was three defensive scores in this game. So there was defensive plays. And a fourth that was called back. So, I mean, there was defensive play, but I think the offensive just was on a whole other level. I think we've seen something special, and uh, rumor has it is the rest of the NFL season is going to be canceled, and we're just playing a best-of-five series between these two teams <laughs> for the Lombardi Trophy. I would do that. I mm-hmm. know. Hey, I mean, I yes. Guess. Fine. <laughs> uh, uh, can it well, be you can't count the Saints out. Can, can it be canceled after this week? Yes, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll petition to uh, start the cancellation come uh, Tuesday of next week. The only reason I say that is because Jacksonville plays Buffalo this Sunday, and that game has to happen. Why? Why does it have to happen? It'll it just end up a three-three tie. Everybody will be drunk and miserable. Our worst zero-zero. will have to suffer. It'll be a zero-zero tie. No, basically, if you watch that game, only thing you're going to see is hobos around the dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, and off watching the dumpster fire, most likely. Exactly. All right, we flip around to the other side of things here, and we go with our duds. Eric? I normally don't mind aggressive calls. I normally don't mind that if you're really feeling it, you got the momentum, you think you can go ahead, avoid an L. All right, you make certain decisions. I'm willing to understand, but there was a particular game and a particular coach to where He made that decision, but I didn't understand it. Ron Rivera, yes, you go for two to win the game, but you had a minute left. Detroit, you still would have had to get some sort of a stop because if they go down the field, get a field goal, it's a moot point. You try to give yourself at least a decent chance, play for overtime, continue that momentum and win it that way. Ron Rivera for going for two at that exact point, bad idea. That makes you my dud for the week. I'm just going to say that on a personal level, I am okay with Ron Rivera's decision because Detroit was my argue serious last week and therefore, not only did I win, I got a straight up win as well. (laughs) Scoreboard! Brandon, you're dud for the week. My dud for the week is the Tennessee Titans. Now, while, yes, you were talking about it before, how the Colts are on a bit of a roll right now, winning two straight, 
this was a big game for both teams, and the Titans in the beginning of the season were looking very strong, and then they lost a couple of games, but then they won a big game against the Bears last week, and it looked like they were starting to get their mojo back, and it looked like they were starting to get their act together, but this week, losing 38-10 to to the Colts, not only does it make them lose their momentum that they were starting to get back, it's also a loss to a divisional rival, and it's going to hurt them come playoff, come them attempting to get into the playoffs at the end, towards the end of the season. Real quick, to touch on what Brandon said there, it's four in a row for Indianapolis. They were oh, okay. one in. They were one in five until they played Buffalo, and it's since rolled off four in a row. Maybe that's what more teams need. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, were, it's, it's the Buffalo uh, helpful. Eric, you were a game against us on Sunday away from being nine and seven. <laughs> uh, this can turn your whole entire season around, Eric. I get its emphasis on the maybe. <laughs> if things go like they did the first half against Pittsburgh, then I agree. But if the second half Jaguars showed up, then hell, Buffalo could be a game away from being nine and seven themselves. Plus, you're getting Allen back. But save that for later. Indeed. But we are going to go over to Jason for his dud for the week. My dud is uh, Big Ten referees um, calling uncatchable balls with pass interference and trying to make a game seem more interesting than it actually was and keeping it closer for the bookies in Vegas. In the Maryland-Ohio State game, there was three that I counted personally What at the end of the game, pass interference calls called that definitely impacted the game, but the balls were at least seven to eight yards over the receiver's head. They didn't call holding. They didn't call anything. They called flat-out defensive pass interference. And I'm pretty sure that the very last one that call was called in favor of Ohio State pretty much led for them to send it into overtime and get the win. So, yeah, I mean, something needs to happen. These calls need to be more consistent. And referees shouldn't be able to impact the game that much well, simply that, because well, simply because everybody is wanting to keep the Ohio State Michigan game relevant and keep right, the potential of Ohio State getting into the uh, quote unquote playoffs well I watched this game while I was in uh, Applebee's before my show on Saturday afternoon and I was watching with a very pro-Ohio State crowd. It's not exactly a secret. I'm from the Buckeye State here. And even some of the pro-Ohio State people that were watching this game were questioning some of the calls that came down in the third and fourth quarter of this game for both teams from the officials because of the nature of those footballs that were thrown. Traditionally speaking, the Big Ten has some of the better refereeing crews in college football. I would say that game was more aberration than... It was basis, but everybody can have a bad game, and the, the officials certainly had a bad one in that game. 
I, I mean, yeah, the people are human, so everybody's going to have some sort of an off game. I can kind of buy somewhat into the conspiracy, especially with the timing of Ohio State, Michigan, and now what it means. But I do also keep in mind, look at what happened with Ohio State against Purdue and everything that's going on and the rumors swirling about Urban Meyer and how much longer he'll even be on the sidelines in Columbus. This is just a mess no matter how you slice it. My dud for the week is the Atlanta Falcons, who managed to lose to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, 22-19, in Atlanta after losing to Cleveland the week before. This was an Atlanta team that had won three in a row going into that Cleveland game and then proceeded to go into Brown Stadium, the mistake on the lake up here, as we refer to it in Ohio, and get their asses handed to them, and then go back home to Mercedes-Benz, I think they call yes. it these days, mm-hmm. and get another butt-kicking handed to them by a Cowboys team who they were dead even with in the very co- complicated NFC playoff situation. With the Carolina Panthers losing on Sunday... They fell to seven and three, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you are correct. Every Carolina other... losing? Yeah. Yes, Carolina lost. Oh, they were six and four. No, they're six and four. They were six and three going into the game. I said correct. They're six and three. They have the five seed in the in the NFC right now. There are, if I am not mistaken, now four teams that are tied at five and five in the NFC. And one of those four teams could have been Atlanta, who blew a home game to the other one of those teams that is in that tie, the now 5-5 five and five Dallas Cowboys. There's only two teams that are 5-5 five and five in the uh, NFC. Oh, wait, is it four in the AFC then? I might have I gotta mix those two up. I think it is four in the AFC, yeah. But my point being here is that – so you're, that's even more of a reason for them to be a dud because it would have been them, not Dallas, in that playoff position right mm-hmm. now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Seattle has the tiebreaker over Dallas due to the head-to-head win earlier in the season. I believe you are correct. I believe Dallas played Seattle earlier this year, and Seattle beat them. Yes, they did. So Dallas and Seattle are both 5-5, five and five, but Dallas has the tiebreaker. Atlanta played Seattle. Um, I think they played Seattle. No, they did not play Seattle this year. Never mind. I was going to say, I think they played Seattle earlier too, but they didn't. They play... Uh, they didn't win the division last year. They play Arizona from that division later on in the year. So, either way, what I'm basically, basically what I am saying is that Atlanta cost themselves a chance to be in the thick of things in the a- NFC wildcard standings, even more so than they already are, by costing themselves this game to Dallas at home, which could definitely come back and bite them later in the season. Oh, yeah. But now that Atlanta I'm- has been kind of a dumpster fire all season anyway. Well, they had they had won three in a row going into that True. Cleveland game, though. Tampa Bay, the Giants on Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. and Washington in Washington. And that Washington win's looking more impressive now that we realize what they're going to turn into now that Alex Smith is out for the year. And we'll be talking about that in just a few moments. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. <laughs> Actually, as a matter of fact, it's time to get to So That Happened right now. Eric, you lead us off. Okay. 
I don't think anybody amongst us would really remember where they were Monday, November 18th, 1985 at around 10.18 p.m. Eastern time. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me do the math here real quick. November 18th, you said? I was nine months and four days old. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> I was I, I was watching Monday Night Football. He just doesn't remember what happened. <laughs> yeah, okay, I ahead. do. I mean, I'm yeah. a Giants fan. Yeah, I, I I wasn't even born yet. I, I I was around in the picture, just in my mother's stomach. But anyways, shout out to Mama Watkins. <laughs> Mama Watkins. That, that fateful night at that fateful time, Joe Theismann at the hallowed RFK was dropping back to pass. Then all of a sudden, Lawrence Taylor showed up. Coked out of his mind. Yeah. And, and, and next thing you know, uh, you see Lawrence Taylor a split second later, waving frantically at the sidelines to get someone on the field, and you wonder why. Cut why? the Theisman. <laughs> Cut the Theisman, laying there on the ground, and um, normally human bones... Don't point out of NFL uniforms, but for that particular night, they did. Fast forward 33 years to the day later, this time at FedEx Field. Joe Theismann watching and tweeting from the stands. Alex Smith dropped back to pass. Then J.J. Watt showed up. Not coked out of his mind. <laughs> that we know a, a split second later, you look at the screen and you wonder, wait a minute, legs and feet aren't supposed to bend that way. That's not quite natural. Sure enough, tibia broken, fibula broken. On the 33rd anniversary of the famous Theismann injury. Oddly enough, both games ended on a 23-21 score. Redskins are now 1-1 one one in those games. And it happened at almost the exact same spot of the field, same yard line, just on the other side. I, I'm not one to go deep diving into conspiracies like that, but... uh. You go into all of the similarities between the two games, everything ah! that these two injuries, uh, it's a little bit freakish. The <laughs> universe is a troll. <laughs> okay, for those wondering, that ah, you just heard? I just saw the clip for the first time on YouTube. I intentionally waited until we were doing this segment to watch the clip. Yeah. Because I did not see it live. I heard about what happened, but I hadn't seen it. I wanted to wait until I, we were actually doing the show in order to watch the clip there. His ankle is on backwards. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, all I could do was go, <laughs> damn, about four or five times for a solid minute when I did see it live. I, under I understand that we are a family show, but that's fucking disgusting. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
Whenever they say, yeah, we were showing this once, we're not going to no. show it again. That's for good reason. Yeah. I just realized I was seven years old. <laughs> Damn, I'm old. Yeah, you're the dinosaurs of group, Jim. <laughs> we're old enough to be watching, paying attention to the Theismann injury game. Yeah. I just realized your guys like memories uh, of the injury. injury is from YouTube. Mine is from the game. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. yeah, you have almost a decade on all of us, man. <laughs> I'm like your ages combined. No, no. Let your ages like combined and you get Captain Ginger Domus. <laughs> all right, Good real quick Lord. here before we before any of us make any uncouth statements about this, let us first wish a very speedy recovery to Alex Smith. Oh, yes. Get well soon, bro. Second of all... No, no, I can't say that. He's a red skin. Yeah, he's, he's a great person. I love Alex Smith, but he's still a red skin. Can, can they, if they put him on waivers, <laughs> then I'll, I, will, I will send him some flowers and chocolates. But as long as he wears that jersey, sorry, bro. Second of I'm, all, would it be big blue? Oh, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I'm I'm big blue child. <laughs> sorry. Second of all, would it be in poor in poor taste to say tough break, kid? Oh, too soon. Get, get a little bit. I wonder if thousand would say go out there and break a leg, kid. <laughs> He, no, he actually did tweet. Wow, his leg is the same as mine was exactly 33 years ago. <laughs> I wonder if I, I wonder if Seisman knew when he went into that stadium that he had doomed one of these quarterbacks. I, 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 well, well, no, 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 no. I want to say something half jokingly but half serious at the same time. But I know Harry would not like it. I think you know where I'm going with this. He'll get a. He'll get over it. Go ahead. Yeah, because we've been all No, no, no. I, I'll say it. Um, you know how you don't like a certain thing about the Washington team? Are you going to insinuate that he actually had red skin? Because that would be very no, mean. No, no. False. False. <laughs> there is a native curse on the Redskins where a quarterback gets injured every 33 years now. Which means if you're a quarterback coming into the league in, hold on, let me do the math, 2051, you're run. screwed. <laughs> cover. Well, if you are a cyborg entering the league in it, it, it beneficial because what day would November 18th fall on in 2051? I'm going to look that up. Okay, check your this calendar after what day. I mean, at this point, does it even really matter? At this point, we'll have NFL football every day of the week at that point. That's probably a fair assessment, actually. Yeah, they'll all be robots playing by then, just with human force. <laughs> It'll be Madden come to life, much oh, like the God. Monday Night Football game. No, it's going to be the old, what was that? Oh, God, I remember. There was even a cartoon. Oh, hell. Okay. I have to look this up. It's an old Nintendo game. Battle Drones? No, they had like football and hockey. 
Speedball? Well, while they're looking that information up, let's go ahead and continue on with so that happened. Brandon, you're on the board. Um, hmm. Didn't really have anything specific for uh, so that happened this week. Um, Mutant League football. What? Find something. And okay. go ahead with your Mutant League football reference so Brandon can find something. Oh. Do you guys know what Mutant League football is? It rings a small bell. Oh, it was football with mutants, and, like, they played on wastelands, and there was, like, craters in the field and stuff. Basically how you would play in New York and Chicago in the D.C. area anyway. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I like, and there was there was a cartoon about it, and I was really enthralled in it because I grew up with it, and now I'm really showing my age because this is back when Nintendo was popular, and just came out, and I owned a lot of Nintendo games, and I'm sorry, I, I showed up. I, a, I was more into the Super Nintendo. Gentlemen, do not watch that until after the show. We've already had the reaction video. For, we've already had my reaction here on the show. We don't need any further mm-hmm. reaction. Yeah, a, 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 if it makes you feel any better, Jason, I still have my Nintendo. And B, it, strangely enough, it would still be in the realm of reason because November in 2051, November 18th falls on a Saturday. Playoff game. Yeah, that's that's the red, that's the Washington off off bye week. The only way to escape this curse, it's the bye week for Washington in 2050. And Although, then he walking down steps. Although in, in fairness, knowing Daniel Snyder, he'll still be around in 2051, and they will have moved out of Washington to a different city with an even more racist last name. <laughs> Brandon, did you uh, find uh, something? Could, he, could, he become, could that be the where the West Virginia? They, can, they might be the West Virginia Hoodhouse. That might be when this happens. Or the Kentucky Buckets. <laughs> All right, Brandon, you're up. Um, were you going to talk about the Monday night game? We kind of already touched on it in Studs and Duds, but if you want to go further into okay. it, I guess since well, you don't have it. I was just going to mention how it is the record for a, the highest scoring Monday night game, and it came close to being the highest scoring uh, game overall uh, in the NFL, but let me just say this, and this can be kind of a bit of a buy or sell, like half buy or sell type thing. I don't think that, especially with how the NFL is going, I don't think this is the end of it. I think these high octane offenses, and especially with the rule changes and everything, this is going to become a lot more the uh, rule, but except or. Excuse me. It's going to become more of the rule rather than the exception. I mean, it was basically like Jason talked about earlier. It was Big 12 football come to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times you see, like, defensive performances from these from college teams, but that's because most of these college kids on defense aren't going to see it down in the NFL, whereas the uh, coaching staffs and stuff are coaching up the offenses in order to maximize their potential for, for Sunday-Monday games. And they had a Big 12 quarterback in part of the game. A former Big 12 quarterback. Not to mention, I think what kind of added to this 
Had the game gone as scheduled in Mexico City, it would have been as high scoring, but it wouldn't have been to this extent. I really think that played a bit of a part in it. Why do you so, say that? Basically, just the whole preparation. I mean, even had the Rams going to Colorado, training at Air Force, so they could get used to the altitude and make the That's move true. just out of Azteca. They wound up staying in Colorado once they found out the game was moved to L.A., but you had that change of strategy. Then the Chiefs changing their strategy destination. It it throws you off in ways you really don't think. And this was just kind of a part of it. Mm-hmm. All right, Jason, you're going Homer adjacent for your so that happened this week. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's Homer adjacent because mine was this was uh, basically showdown Saturday in the Big Twelve, uh, West Virginia kind of controlled their destiny. A win, and they was in the Big 12 championship. They lost. So every West Virginia fan had to suck up their pride and become a, God, I can't even say, I can't even bring myself to say this, a Texas Longhorn fan. Because Texas could ruin Iowa State's Big 12 championship dreams, and they did. So by Texas beating Iowa State, it has now caused a showdown in Motown between West Virginia and Oklahoma for the chance to play in the Big 12 title game. West Virginia wins. They're in against Oklahoma. West Virginia loses. Oklahoma-Texas play in the Big 12. So mm-hmm. this, this, was a, this was a crazy weekend. Technically speaking, correct me if I'm wrong here, if... Oklahoma loses to West Virginia and Texas wins against Texas Tech. No, Kansas. Doesn't that move Texas in based on their head-to-head win over Oklahoma and the same amount of losses in the Big Twelve? Um, I believe I think, it would be a. I believe no, it would be a West Virginia Texas rematch. No, I, uh, I'm pretty sure it's still back. To, it's a back-to-back. I'm gonna have to check and make sure because I think Oklahoma has two losses in the Big Twelve. If they only have the one, then you are correct. If they have two, and then both them in Texas end up yes, sitting... You're, you're, you're correct. It says Oklahoma, it's Oklahoma, West Virginia, winner to the Big 12 title game. Texas in with a win. So you are correct. I, I, I stand corrected. I was. Everybody's been talking about the fact that Oklahoma, West Virginia round two would be for the Big 12 championship. But if Texas... <laughs> Loses wins to Kansas, which, yeah, if Texas loses to Kansas, which, let's be honest, is not happening. <laughs> no. But if Texas loses to Kansas, then it would be a return match between West Virginia and Oklahoma and Dallas. But more than likely, oh. you guys are you guys are going to end up having another crack at Texas in Dallas. In we got to beat Oklahoma first. Yeah, we'll talk, also, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that when we for the homers. Also, the big news is... Did you see who signed to become the uh, new Kansas head coach? Yes, I did. Kansas has announced who their new coach will be starting next season. It will be none other than the former LSU coach, Les Miles. I did see that. 
that brings a lot of credibility and could actually turn that program around and make them competitive. Well, remember, there was a time where Kansas was a top five team in the country. Wow, and uh, another uh, another basketball school becoming good at football. What what what's going on with this picture? Uh, Chuck J. Uh, I'm still Brady. bitter about last year. Oh, I know. That's why I added the sorry brain <laughs> into the end. Uh, uh, let's, talk, let's talk my show that happened here. And let's talk about my pick to get the sixth and final wild card spot in the NFC last week, the Philadelphia Eagles. I was wrong. I, I, I got that one wrong because they got absolutely bitch slapped by the New Orleans Saints on Sunday, 48-7, to and the game was not that close. Drew Brees went 363 yards with four touchdowns, and the anemic Eagles offense in the game they had to have, especially with Washington losing and Dallas winning, have fallen to solo third place in the NFC East. I was completely wrong about this Eagles team. They're done. After that performance, they're done. What was the way that you described it in the group chat about the injuries and stuff, uh, Jason? Uh, They recently signed uh, two Uber drivers and a carrier from Jimmy Johns to be their defensive back. Let's... Hey, that carrier from Jimmy John's could uh, have some props. I mean, look who's their big sponsor. (laughs) It's just between injuries, and injuries happen with everybody, one thing that I've seen coaches, players, everybody has said, nobody's holding each other accountable this season. Everybody's just like, yeah, we're eating the cheesesteaks. We finally got a Super Bowl, and it's a now what? Well, that's Philly for you. They don't know how to win. No, no, they don't. They booed Santa Claus. Those bastards. They didn't just boo him. They threw snowballs at him. Flying out loud. That now what was an ass-kicking at the hands of the Saints is what it was. Mm-hmm. They play the Giants. The Giants, yes. We'll talk more about that game later on. Dun-dun-dun! Mm-hmm. Dramatic reverb. Times two. E- Eric, I thought you were going to bring up a certain um, other point and so that happened, or was that going to be coming later? Mm, no. My so that happened was always going to be the Smith injury. Oh, okay. I <laughs> I, I know we were talking about in the group chat something that Eric did not want anyone to bring up because he knew a rant was about to pursue. That, no, that, that's, that's me, late. and that's, uh, that's my get-it-together. Oh, okay, yeah, fair that, enough. That's later. You hold your horses, Bisco. Watkins, I need a, I need a, I need a deck of cards. Give me a oh. suit. Mm, clubs. Do I want to get my get-it-together? Yes, he did. This, we're moving on to buy or sell. We're done with so that. We're not. We're okay. Get it later in the show. God. Apparently. Hey, old, old man Teasley. has got the early bird special. His bedtime comes early, like <laughs> at 7, 8, 7 p.m. Yeah. Well, apparently the person that needs to get it together is Jason. <laughs> anyway, Brandon, you've won the toss. Okay. Spades comes up. 
Jason, uh, you go second. Eric, you go third. Okay. I still think right. it's rude. <laughs> hey, this is as random as I could make it. Brandon, pick your topic. Um, do I even need to say it? No, not really. The NFL <laughs> question for the week. Buy or sell, the NFL needs to take away the traditional Dallas and Detroit Thanksgiving Day games in order to give more teams the opportunity for this kind of national spotlight. Absolutely sell it. I hate how money comes over tradition. Yes, I mean, granted, Detroit is getting better than they were, you know, six, seven years ago, even four or five years ago. Um, And Dallas, you know, yeah, they're not the greatest team in the world right now, but, you know, they're still Dallas, so they draw a rating and everything. I like the tradition of having Detroit and, and Dallas in these games on 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 uh, Thanksgiving. Um, and it's not even like other teams don't get the opportunity now because that was the whole point of them adding the nightcap now, where the nightcap is completely open so you can add more teams. Jason? Uh, I'm buying this because... Uh, I'm a true Blue Giants fan, and anytime Dallas Cowboys are on my TV and I'm forced to watch, I want to gouge my eyeballs out. I mean, if uh, it wasn't for them seemingly always doing, uh, you know, uh, Giants-Dallas in the beginning of the season and towards the end of the season, I would love to see Giants-Cowboys at on Thanksgiving. I would. I, I would rather see a rivalry game. If you're going to put Dallas on, I would rather them see a, see a rivalry game with, like, a Dallas-New York-Dallas-Washington game. Well, that's what we're getting this year. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, I'm saying if you're going to do it, I would rather see a big rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Detroit, um, have they been relevant in the past 20 years since Barry Sanders left? I mean, I mean they were I mean, decent they're so, they're about so horrible. I mean, they're so horrible, they caused Megatron to retire in the, at the prime of his career. Also, they caused Barry Sanders, one of the greatest running backs to ever play the game, to retire at the prime of his career. That's how bad Detroit sucks. <laughs> they're so bad. Cleveland made a video that says, at least we're not Detroit. <laughs> so, I would, rather, I would rather have it rotating. Or better yet, let's just put Dallas playing Detroit, get them out of the way, and have two better games. On the years that Dallas plays Detroit, I think that that would be an entirely viable option because every four years, the NFL divisions, or excuse me, every three years, because I, the East would play like the North-South-West, North-South-West. So every three years, the divisions rotate against each other. Therefore, I believe that the years that Dallas and Detroit are scheduled to play, then it would make sense to do that game on Thanksgiving Day and open up one of those Thanksgiving Day games. Uh, Eric, your thoughts on the situation by yourself? I'm going to sell it. One statistic and one caveat. Even with this tradition, the NFL tried this. I believe it was back in 75. You had a Dolphins-Cardinals Thanksgiving Day game. It it didn't really work. However, there's one thing that I would like to see the NFL reinstitute. And this was my favorite icing on the cake of the Thanksgiving tradition. Go back to more of the different throwback jerseys mm-hmm. for all of the teams. 
That I'll definitely buy, because I loved seeing the old-school uh, jerseys every, you know, especially for the Dallas and Detroit game. I loved seeing the throwback jerseys on Thanksgiving. The one thing I'll, I'll agree with um, that uh, Jason said, though, is that the Detroit and Dallas games, and the nightcap as well, but especially the Detroit and Dallas games, should always be divisional rivalry games to make them more important. And, and more special. Yeah, I would be completely fine with that. Have it more games like you have in the years past with big moments, a Dallas-Washington, mm-hmm. or throw in a Dallas-New York, or Detroit. Have them, you know, like they're doing this year, playing Chicago. Throw in an occasional mm-hmm. more game against Green Bay or Minnesota. I, from that Minnesota. was one of my favorite um, Thanksgiving games was, I think it was back in... 2011 or maybe even earlier than that when it was Detroit Green Bay and they were wearing the old throwback jerseys uh-huh I always love moments like that mm-hmm. when they started going away from like the traditional jerseys I'm like eh. well this was kind of pointless. whenever I played the games on men I always put them in the throwback jerseys for for the for the Thanksgiving game no, I'm actually curious about that. Do you, like, simulate the games, or do you actually play them out and control I, them? I play them out and control them based on who I want to have win. So you cheat. So you're you're no. biased. Yes, exactly. No. He's biased. He, he could have just let them yeah. simulate. No, because that's not fun. But, I don't want to just basically be watching a game. But then... That's the point of actually simulating the season, though, is it not? Rather than trying to influence who's going to get the wins, it's bias. All right, let's move on. Um, Jason, you get the next pick here. Do you want the college question or the combined question? I'm I'm going to go with the combined question because who to be less thankful for anything than me? <laughs> All right, so I promised that I had one that I thought would be a good talking point for the combined question here. Jason, you get to lead us off. This is not a buy or sell question, but it is a question for this category. Are you ready? Yes. What football memory in your life are you most thankful for? Wow, what football memory in my life? Um, I actually, I got a, quite a few. Um the the WVU win over Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, where I made a pact with one of my best friends that every time West Virginia scored, we would do a shot. Uh, I'm pretty sure we had alcohol poisoning by halftime. Um, there was the Miami-West Virginia football game where Miami beat West Virginia on a block punt to end the game and secure uh, the victory in a huge upset. You can't forget the couch pull. The 96. Um, Let them talk, Brandon. But honestly, my favorite football memory, I'm going to have to say, was the last Super Bowl over uh, New England. Simply because just all the 
all the doubt that ended that and the fact that it not only did it win me a, a, a buttload of money, but um, it was one of the last games that me and my brother actually, because me and my brother aren't very close, and it was one of the last times me and him actually shared a football memory together. Uh, then we grew further apart soon after. Uh, we're reconnecting now, so I kind of hold that one special, a little bit closer because of the the memory of that's the last time me and my brother actually had a good relationship. I know that got way too deep on my end, but... Oh, that, was the, uh, that was the intent of this question. The intent of this question was to strike something intimately personal here. Brandon, you're up. Um... Or excuse me, wait, sorry, uh, you went first on the first oh, question, oh, okay. Eric. Sorry, I apologize. Okay. My mistake, uh, Eric, you're up. It, it's really a collection of memories. And while the Rose Bowl, Miami, Nebraska was a very big memory in my life simply because of a time in my life awkward teenager i had moved up to maryland just a couple years before and it helped me just further remind myself in my connection to my home state but going back before that the first couple of seasons of jaguars games because if it wasn't for the jaguars coming to town in 95 I really wouldn't have even gotten into sports. That was the team. It's like, oh, hey, we have a football team here. I'm going to learn about this, watch, pay attention. And it would go into me wanting to just look at the one o'clock games or the four o'clock games instead of going to church. It would me finding and stumbling across to my first ever Sunday night football game, which turned out to be the 50 to nine loss against the Vikings that year, which why well, I actually still stayed up for that game. Now looking back, what the hell was I thinking? But it was seeing those like the broadcasts on NBC when one of the games where the referee would screw up the numbers of the quarterbacks and call two penalties for guys that weren't even on the roster. But moments like that where I got to see and just sit, watch, learn, grow with the team and get pissed off about all the surrounding hype of how we were going to win the Super Bowl when I knew at some point in the playoffs we were inevitably going to get crushed, and we did. And then my first little bit of hatred for the Patriots in that AFC championship game. It's it, everything started to coalesce with my love of football and my love of sports from those teams. And I'm never going to forget that. And to this day, I will still say the Jaguars did Natron means dirty. Brandon, you're up. Um, I've got three. 
two in the NFL and one that, because I do not have a college team, I'm going to go a little further down. Um, the He's two... about to hit us with a high school football reference. Yes, I am. Um, the two NFL ones is first, um, be- between the two Super Bowls, I have to go with the 2007-2008 the one. Just for so many different reasons. For one, the enormity of destroying the 18-0 season, destroying the 19-0 season, um, and being able to forever say 18-1 to Patriots fans. Um, But also because my stepmom's a Cowboys fan and my dad's a Packers fan. And those were the two teams that the Giants proceeded to beat in, in their way to the Super Bowl. So, you know, during the divisional playoffs, it was, oh, you're not going to beat the Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys. Conference championship. Oh, you're not going to be able to beat the Packers. Beat the Packers. They're both saying that they're not going to be able to beat the Patriots, and sure enough, they do it. So, bragging rights in the house all year long, which was fun. Um, And then the second one was actually a regular season game. Uh, my friends and I, my, my friend from high school is, his family are season ticket holders for the Jets down on the lower bowl. And we were at the game in 2011 between, uh, well, technically 2010, uh, between the Giants and Jets when Victor Cruz had his giant, I think it was like 75 Actually, even longer. I think it was like a 90-yard touchdown reception. And that was what knocked them... Or no, wait, that was 2012. Excuse me. Um, When he had his giant reception, which basically knocked the Jets out of playoff contention, and that's what propelled the Giants further into the playoffs and ultimately the Super Bowl. And so that was a very fun moment since I got to saw it, see it in person and then proceed to see a fight break out in the section next to us. Um, and then my, uh, my high school uh, story is uh, being able to play on, on the field at Giant Stadium uh, because my high school made it to, uh, to the finals in the state championship game my junior year. All right, I have three as well. Um, my original, and I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on this show before, the very first game I can ever remember watching was the Frank Wright comeback game for Buffalo. It's how I became a Bills fan in the first place. Trailing the Houston Oilers at the time, 35-3, to and Wright leads the Bills to come back to a 41-38 overtime victory. My second memory is... 2015 Sunday Night Football, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Indianapolis Colts. Might have been 2016. Eric, you're going to be probably more. Uh, Eric. I I think we've lost Eric. I need Eric. Eric. Nope, you didn't lose me. Had to step away. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. The year that Antonio Brown Bronco bustered the goalpost, 15 or 16? I want to say that was 15. It was okay. Yeah, it was either 2015 or 2016 because, and I think it might have been 16 because I think I was already with Christine when that happened. So, uh, I, that was my first NFL game ever. 
Uh, a friend of mine was a season ticket, a season ticket holder to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had gotten I'll tickets. I see what you did there. I see you snuck his name in. Wait, what? You said a Stephen ticket holder. <laughs> no. I see. I see what you're, <laughs> no. see, actually, what you're no, really his thankful name, for. His his name was Keith. Actually, is Keith actually? But anyway, back to back to where I what I was saying there. Uh, he's a season ticket holder. He got the tickets from his father. They had been in his family for decades. The person that he was supposed to go to the game was backed out, and literally at like noon that day, I got a text message from him asking me, "Hey." I have an extra ticket to tonight Sunday night football game. Any chance you want to go? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so I got to go see Pittsburgh blow out Indianapolis on Sunday night football in the game that Antonio Brown Bronco bustered the goalpost and got pers- and got a uh, uh, un- unsportsmanlike conduct for it. <laughs> it, it, it. At least your first in-person NFL experience was a good win. <laughs> Mine, I just had to watch Tom Brady and his overall self just break my heart. <laughs> uh, I've, got, I've got, got you both beat. My first NFL game, Giants 6-0, and Monday Night Football goes into Cleveland and gets their ass handed to them. <laughs> hey, uh, the, um, your, your story is actually kind of fitting considering uh, you're also uh, your other fandom, Harry. Oh, yeah, the Bronco Buster. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, did he just Xbox that GoPost? <laughs> oh, yes, he did. <laughs> All right, anyway. And then the third memory that I am thankful for, and this is the more recent event here, is I am a long-suffering Bills fan, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. I will never forget January 1st, 2018. Sitting in my apartment, watching the end of the Cincinnati Bengals-Baltimore Ravens game on the TV with Christine sitting next to me. We're watching the game, and Dalton throws an interception on the previous play. And I'm like, well, it was worth it while it was happening. We see the yellow flag come out. Defensive pass interference, spot of the foul, first down Cincinnati. And I'm like, "Uh, you guys are just setting me up for more heartbreak. (laughs) We go three plays later, it's fourth down. And Andy Dalton hits Tyler Boyd on that crossing route. That Boyd breaks and takes 47 yards to the end zone to give Cincinnati a 31-27 win over Baltimore. And again, pardon the language, I turn to Christine, and my exact words are, oh my God, the Bills are going to the fucking playoffs. (laughs) Playoffs? Yeah. Playoffs? All right. Quiet, Jim Moore Jr. Let me finish my comments. As a long-suffering Bills fan who thought that that day might never come again, for the way that that day had to work out with the wins by San Diego, or not San Diego, um, the Chargers, with the win by Tennessee and the loss by Baltimore here in order for Buffalo to sneak in, the result of a four-way tie that we had the worst plus-minus of in, by the way. And for all of those things to have to come together the way that they did for Buffalo to get in there, it is a moment and experience I and millions of other Bills fans will never. Uh, you know what? 
even though I want to say it because of someone in Bill's history who broke my heart and will probably still break it again. No, I'm not going to say it this time. I'm not. We then proceeding to get our butts handed to us by Jacksonville's defense the following week. See, I didn't even say it this time. I wasn't even going to mention the score, but I. Mm. All right. Eric, you lead us off for the college football question. You ready? Ready. Real quick. Did I not deliver on that question or not? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well done. Yeah, yeah. You, Definitely. you did very well. I just, I, I wanted one that would tug at the heartstrings and hit the holiday. So I figured that would be the way to go for that one. All right, let's get back to. Let's get back to the non-sappiness of the kickoff here. Let's go to the college football question, Eric, and here it is. By yourself, there is no better rivalry in college football than Ohio State-Michigan. There are many that come close, and I'm even going to throw my own personal Miami-Florida State one, but I've got to say Ohio State-Michigan is the best. I've got to sell because – Especially these past few years that a, where... That, Eric, that would be a buy. Oh, that would be a buy. Okay. It's been a long day. It's I'm okay. Def- I got I'm, you. Defi- I'm definitely buying this because not just the overall history, not just the Heisman pose, not just the 10-year war, you know, Woody Hayes and Shem Bleckler, but... Even now, recently, even though the results have been a bit more one-sided, this has been such a run of so much more gravitas and what's been on the line for both of these schools and what it's meant to both of them, not just for them, for the conference, now more implications for the playoff it's this is what you want more fans of those respective schools still talk smack they still won't even mention their opponents by name it's that whole thing that has carried through just generations and i'm still partly a little bit jealous of that so i gotta buy (laughs) brandon I'm going to partially, I want to sell this, but at the same time, I want to buy it. Because on one hand, on the history level, on the, you know, just hatred between the two fan bases and all of that, I have to buy it. But on, in terms of, um... In terms of history, I feel like there is one that Michigan is a part of that is even bigger. The fans may not think of it bigger. It may not be a bigger rivalry in the modern concept of a rivalry. But on a historical level, in, in terms of, you know, when you think of a college football rivalry, this is what I think of. I'd go with Michigan and Notre Dame first. I would disagree with that on the basis of the fact that they stopped playing each other for a while. True. Whereas Ohio State-Michigan has been consistent throughout the years. 
True. Jason, no. I figured. Jason, I figured you might be the dissenter here, but I'm going to get your opinion for sure. For sure here. Buy or sell that Ohio State Michigan is the best rivalry in college football. I'm going to buy it. I think that that's one rivalry in college football that is um, that transcends anything. The hatred that the schools have for each other. I have a friend, uh, Harry, you probably know him, that is a huge Ohio State fan, and he will not, he refers to Michigan as the team up north, mm-hmm. or Michigan. Hmm. He will not say him. He will not, he, he, he will not say for the entire week, any letter, any word that has the word him in it, he does not uh, acknowledge. And he will type as such when he texts you. That's how you know the Ohio State-Michigan game's coming up. Let's Shout out to Jock Sampson. Um, but, yes, uh, the only robbery I would even put up there, Eric said, Florida State-Miami, um, back in the 90s, I would have put that up there because, I mean, mm-hmm. that was that was huge. Um, the Notre Dame-USC robbery is pretty solid, um, but – it's lost its lackluster over the years. I mean, it was, it used to be pretty big. Uh, the robbery that I would honestly put up there, and I'm going to go home here, was the West Virginia Pitt uh, hatred to the point where uh, Sweet Caroline has now includes the words eat shit pit. So, um, yeah. Uh, and as everybody knows, I almost threw up in my mouth earlier in the season by saying Pitt in one of my Are You Serious? So over my over my Michigan Lions, I'm going to add. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was just a troll. You and um, it ended terribly. Yeah, um, but yeah, currently, I mean, it's probably the most history historic rivalry in college football that still exists. So, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Let me interrupt. Real quick, hold on real quick, because I haven't gotten my say yet, and this is actually one that I did want to talk about, because I'm actually involved in a pretty big rivalry myself. As a Florida fan, every year, for the better part of the last 50 or so, the last week of the regular season, everybody knows it's Florida, Florida State. Everybody knows the last week of the regular season it's Ohio State, Michigan. Everybody knows the last week of the season. And over the course of the last couple of years, this game has been bigger than Ohio State, Michigan. It's the Iron Bowl, Alabama, Auburn. That being said, I think if you look historically in terms of all of their meetings over time, it has to be Ohio State, Michigan in terms of importance, in terms of talent, and in terms of meaning towards not only just the Big Ten title, but also the national championship picture. Eric, go ahead and say what you were about to say. I saw a picture of this one particular person I follow on Instagram. A picture of her toilet. The actual seat is in the shape of the state of Ohio. The lid is in the shape of the lower peninsula of the state of Michigan. The toilet roll, the holder next to it, had Ohio State toilet paper. I say no more. As Jason mentioned, living in the state of Ohio, 
this week especially, it's Ohio State versus TTUN, that team up north. Let, let me just put in one more thing, a little uh, history lesson for you guys. <laughs> do, do you know that there's actually a historical level to this rivalry as well? Especially Harry should know this, since he lives in Ohio. I'm not sure how Harry would know, but okay, go ahead. You forget I am not an Ohio State fan. Well, but you live in Ohio, so I thought you may know this. They fought for Toledo. The two states. I did not know that. Yeah, back when when Ohio became a state and Michigan was still a territory. Uh, In fairness, the only good thing in Toledo these days is a somewhat average college football team and Hooters. Well, yes. I mean, it's not really worth much now, but back then, because it was attached to the Great Lakes and rivers and everything, it was very important. If they want Toledo nowadays, they could probably have it if the price is right. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure if somebody offered, uh, who wants who wants Toledo? I mean, I'm pretty sure they would probably have to pay Michigan to take Toledo. Now, <laughs> you might be accurate. About it. They do have a Hooters though, so they got that going for them. Well, I mean, you know, have, I could scrape up a, a few bucks and buy Toledo if that was the case. <laughs> but do they have the Hoot Owls? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they are in Paducah, Kentucky. Oh, no, they're in West Virginia. Your guys' references are screwing me all up. Paducah, Kentucky is a wrestling fan reference here. I'm sure our wrestling fan listeners will get it. All right, let's move on here. It is now time to pour one out for the homers. Well, Jason, you kind of talked about it earlier yourself. Uh, things did not go the way that you planned them to go in Stillwater this past Saturday, did they? Uh, no, they did not. Um Everybody is talking about how West Virginia screwed up and everything, but I I have the um, good authority to say that game was lost by the coaching staff. They abandoned the red game, threw passes, stopped the clock, gave OK State time to come down and get the winning drive. You've got to keep the ball on the ground, keep the ball moving, and we didn't do that, and we got beat. Uh, what was really funny is I talked to you guys. I had my very first basketball game. I left, looked at the score at the end of the game. We was up 10 with six minutes left. I lived 10 minutes from the gym where we play our ball games. I'm pulling in the driveway. And one of my best friends starts blowing up my phone with a lot of profane words. And you just got to know how me and him talk to each other. This is not very uncommon. I then proceed to walk in my house, turn the game on, and see the final score, which led to me on a five-minute string of rant and raving of profane words to the effect that my daughter looks at me and goes, you lost your basketball game and the view lost. I'm going to my room till tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we we had a clear path to possibly an outside chance of the of the 
college football playoff, so no chance, and we're fighting for our life in the Big 12 championship. Birth. I would so, even take yeah. just an outside chance here because with Alabama going to be playing Georgia and Ohio State playing Michigan, one of those spots in that top four was going to be open, and the Big Ten champion could have easily snuck in, and the Big 12 champion, should it have been West Virginia, could have snuck into that spot. You are still playing for a New Year's Six on Saturday, and you will know your fate come Saturday as well. A Texas win against Kansas at noon will make this game relevant because then the winner goes on to play Texas for the Big 12 title. A Texas loss at noon to Kansas, which, let's be honest, isn't happening, but if it does, means that this game becomes basically irrelevant as the rematch will happen the following week where West Virginia would play Oklahoma once again. Your thoughts on the game in Morgantown? How much do you want to avoid any potential of having to go back to Dallas to play Oklahoma again for the Big 12 title? Um, I, I, I feel if we can beat them once, we'll beat them again. Um, I'm sure Texas would love to face us, love to win and um, cheer us on to an Oklahoma victory and um, so they get a second crack at us. I think the three top teams, actually the four top teams, because I'm not going to discredit Iowa State because, I mean, they've had a hell of a season. So with that being said, I think those all of those teams that just mixing West Virginia, Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa State, they're going to be in a solid bowl regardless. People are going to try to land these. All, all the teams travel well. All the teams have quality football players. <laughs> and rumor is right now that we're going to lose to Oklahoma and play either Ohio State or Kentucky with an outside chance of possibly playing Miami, which I would love to see rekindle that Big East rivalry. So, I mean, I, I really want another shot at Texas just to piss them off. <laughs> Because we now have a we now have a play in our playbook called Horns Down. It will be Friday for the Big Twelve playing itself out. It will be Sunday, and I bring Brandon back in here when the Giants take on the struggling Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Theoretically speaking, Brandon, yes. after your after your guys' horrible start at one and five. Theoretically speaking, having won two of your last three, a victory over the Eagles here moves you guys out of the basement of the NFC East. I know you've talked earlier about wanting to possibly lose some of these games in order to assure a better position, but how nice would it feel to beat the defending Super Bowl champion? Oh, it would definitely be nice. Um, And like I said before, it's kind of that mixed bag where on one hand, especially against the Eagles... You want to beat them, um, but at the same time, I don't, I mean, granted, well, especially with how the Redskins are playing, I don't think there's much of a chance of them catching up to the Redskins. Um, there's not really much of a chance of them making the playoffs. So it's kind of a mixed bag because, like, these wins, yeah, it's good for this season, but it's going to hurt their draft stock. Uh, come the spring, and and they need a quarterback. 
Simple as that. Jason was on the record last week of saying that the Giants were going to go win eight in a row and finish nine and seven to get a wild card. You got the first one last week, Jason, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 38-35. Where do you put your guys' chances against the Eagles this Sunday? I, like I said, we're, we're going to whip that weak Eagle ass. Uh, their defense is on our, uh, like I said, news broke that they signed two Uber drivers and a Jimmy John's bicycle carrier. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they're trying to resurrect the uh, corpse of Reggie White to come in and anchor their defense. So I look for a huge, and I mean huge, outing from the Giants offense. I look for Saquon to put up 170 yards total. Uh, and Odell to eclipse the 125-yard mark this weekend. Speaking of Saquon, 142 yards rushing against Tampa Bay in that game, and you originally wanted to make him your stud for the week until we got yes, to this home because I'm a, I'm a homer. <laughs> I'm a we, homer. We talked, about, we talked about this last week in the mid-show awards segment here. Saquon did nothing but help his status for Rookie of the Year here. Do you think there's anyone that can catch him? No. No, I think another, I mean, I think... I think another big performance, and he pretty much locks it up because mm-hmm. with the other with the other rookies team struggling as well, I don't believe that any of them have enough games with enough gravitas left in the season to do anything near the numbers that Barkley has. And for the record, Brandon, you wanted to give Patrick Mahomes Rookie of the Year earlier when we discussed this. Mm-hmm. Mahomes started the last game of the regular season last year. He was not eligible. Oh, okay. All right, let's move on. Eric, are you ready? Oh. Hey, you have, some, you have something to be proud of this week, man. Miami put an absolute beating on Virginia Tech last Saturday. Oh, whoop-dee-doo, we beat a crap Virginia Tech team, and at the same time, days later, our top wide receiver screws up, gets kicked off the team, and one of the top quarterbacks in the conference, if not the country, decides, yeah, no, I'm not going to go amongst the palm trees, amongst the beautiful women, amongst the campus of South Beach. I am going to contend with Arkansas and Auburn. And make them my official visits. I want to if it wasn't back. for my shenanigans Saturday afternoon, then that Miami win would have been a completely pyrrhic victory in my weekend. I want to state for the record that I actually did call Kelly Bryant going to Auburn before all this started. Just saying. You, you know, it's kind of funny that I just realized, and it would be funny if. Uh, Harry would be able to complete the trifecta, but I don't believe so because I don't know who you guys faced last week. Who, Buffalo? Was no, no, Florida. Oh, Florida won. But who did they face? South Carolina. Oh, okay, so only two of the three of you. But two of the three of you, I know um, either, well, one my friend and the other my cousin are... Uh, either alumni or going to the schools you faced. We play, we'll get to Florida in a few seconds here. Let's go back to Eric here. Eric, you have an opportunity to do to Pittsburgh what Pittsburgh did to you two seasons ago. 
They come into this game ranked with momentum as they move towards the ACC championship game against Clemson. A victory here stifles any momentum they have. The game is in hard rock. What are your thoughts? I'm not really looking forward to it. As is, we were really struggling to have somebody throw the ball. Granted, Nkosi Perry has matured into the position, and I'm going to be looking forward to see what he can do next season. But now, with Jeff Williams' dismissal from the team, who is he going to throw to? We've got a receiving core now that has combined for, what, 80 catches and less than 700 yards between all of them this season? Again, I don't hold much hope. We're going to wait and discuss your NFL team in a second because, well, frankly, why not just put the two of those segments together? Agreed. Go ahead and flip the script here for college for me, Eric. It's so, I mean, I don't know how I can describe your Gators this season. I, Inconsistent. Yeah, that's being it a nice way, but... With all of this, I mean, granted, I can't talk, but what are some of your thoughts? <laughs> well, the victory over South Carolina moved us to 8-3. and three. A win against Florida State in our rivalry game would give us 9-3. and three. Therefore, a bowl game victory would give us 10 wins in Dan Mullen's first season, which I would say would put us way ahead of schedule after the disaster that was the Jim McElwain era in Gainesville. That being said, I read an article on ESPN that stated that if both teams were to win out, the probable Peach Bowl pairing for the New York New Year Six would be Florida versus Penn State. I don't think I can handle that. Oh, good. Oh. No Penn way State. to even set aside even one of those allegiances just for a little bit? I mean, between the two of them, I am a Florida fan first, but I, I have pillow pets for both, so I don't want to really choose this side because one of them might try to attack me in my sleep. It could happen. Fair. Fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know what happened to Eric's audio quality, but we'll try to get him back in a second here. Uh, real quick, the other thing that I did want to mention, though, is that Penn State beat Rutgers last week because y'all freaking who? It was Rutgers. Who hasn't beaten Rutgers this year? Um, I believe the correct answer to that is, is. Eastern Michigan. <laughs> I want to say it's the one team that Rutgers has beaten on their schedule, and that's a team from the MAC. And as we all know, the MAC doesn't count. Oh, that is also satisfying. But Penn State plays, I think, Maryland. This Sunday, and hopefully the referees are as biased towards Penn State as they were towards Ohio State this past Saturday. <laughs> More like they're going to be biased against Maryland because Maryland. <laughs> and Penn State actually has a chance to go to a New Year's Six, whereas Maryland's going to Maryland. Much like Brandon's going to Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Maryland actually does have something to play for, though, which worries me in that game. Maryland is fighting for a chance to go to a bowl game. They are 5-6. and six. A win guarantees them a bowl game, a loss, and they have to hope that there aren't enough teams to fill all the bowl games, and they have to go into the 5-7. and seven. 
Yeah, but at the same time, this Miami's another example. We're fighting to get to a bowl game, but it's like whatever. If we're not talking, technically you're still suck. Technically, you're not fighting to get to a bowl game, Eric. The win over West Virginia clinched one for you. You guys are six and five. Okay, let me put this better. We're fighting to get to a bowl game that I can pretty much be awake for and not <laughs> see. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're fighting. To, you're fighting for a bowl game that doesn't happen the the, the first weekend of December. <laughs> yeah. So. It'll be Army, Navy, and then like three days later, Miami of Florida's bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what's an interesting question, and I know bowls are a lot different, but has there ever been a like big time school that has opted not to go to one of these yes. crummy bowl games? Yes, Notre Dame a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I think they got invited to the Independence Bowl and they said, nah, I think we're good. We oh, okay. Fair enough. Because that has happened in college, in basketball a bunch of times where schools have been offered to go to either like the NIT or the CBI and have said, nope, we're good. Which is dumb to me because that, that, week, that, t- that time that you get to uh, practice for your bowl game is extra time that you could be working with the players that you're going to be using next season, in my opinion. But that's personal preference. All right, Eric, we got a matter of business to discuss here, shall we? Yeah, to discuss, well, what, is it going to be a scoreless tie in the snow? Are fans going to have to get extra drunk and light the tables on fire even more to keep warm? How's the weather going to be? Here's my question. Do you remember the Indianapolis-Buffalo game from a couple of years ago? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm hearing the conditions may be similar. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. (laughs) And you guys. Like very well in the snow, I might add. <laughs> this game, let's be honest, Eric, this game is going to freaking suck. Again, <laughs> I, I, I joked during a Monday night football that if the coaches got together and that one, did they just decide, hey, first one to 60 wins? <laughs> what is this going to be? First one to six? First one to score. Yeah. <laughs> For those interested, the Jaguars are a three-point favorite in Buffalo, which they can bite me. Second of all, the over-under on the game is only 37, which might be the lowest over-under in the NFL this year thus far. Yes, and if you're going to places like, oh, I don't know, mybookie.ag, you put in your promo code PAT to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit, And after you decide to take advantage of the Turkey Day free play, where you bet against the spread on either the Bears or the Lions, if it wins, wins, you win. If it loses, you get your entire bet refunded. If you were to, after going through all of that, go to my bookie and look at this game. Do yourself a favor and hammer the under. Yeah. 37 is being nice. Mm-hmm. A, I want a piece of the merchandising that you're getting. <laughs> yeah, now. really. The entire show. B, yeah, there ain't no chance that this game sees 37 points. 
Well, granted, if the fine people at mybookie.ag where I happen to be able to place bets on everything from will Kanye West visit the White House or prop bets of who wins the match between Tiger and Phil, if they were kind enough to send me any sort of credit or merchandise for these endorsements, I would be glad to accept them and pass them on to fellow co-hosts of the podcast. (laughs) I'm just simply saying. The kickoff brought to you by my bookie. <laughs> can't finish that without getting sued for libel. Moving hey. on. Let's go to get it together, gentlemen. All right, Jason, you start us off here. Who's your get it together for the week? Because I know this is going to trigger a riot. Jason. Go. Wake up and give me your get it together. <laughs> no. No, not doing it. Not, not doing it. Get it together with the ball committee for shunning UCF and giving them absolutely no hope of making the college football playoff. Is this really a surprise to you, though? No, I mean, it's not a surprise to me. Um... I I think it is, but I think the surprising season that Notre Dame had is what kind of shunned them. No, even without that. Let's be real here. Yeah, I mean, they have set a group of five record for the highest ranking in a in a ranking from the bowl committee on the on the, the top 25 reveal. They're up to ninth this week actually jumping ahead of Ohio State after Ohio State's, let's be honest, dismal performance against Maryland. That being said, though, there's not a whole lot of room for upward momentum unless things go absolutely Armageddon this weekend through the various college football games. And even if that, they're going to find a way to shun them. Because, I mean, let's be real. And I'm calling it right now, especially after what happened last year, they're going to find some bogus way of getting them, even if they have to stick them into a New Year's Six, they're going to find some sort of bogus way to plant another group of five team with them. Eric, do you have anything to add to this conversation? You've been remarkably silent thus far. Would that last part even be possible with, like, them having, like, a two group of five teams in the New Year's Six? Because, I mean, I get it. I UCF, with their long unbeaten streak, should feel proud of themselves for everything they've accomplished so far and still can accomplish. Yes, their ranking of ninth is the highest for any team in the group of five, but... I'm going to be a little bit realistic. I think that even with this time, if they don't, or rather, when they don't get into the top four of the playoff, they'd actually be doing themselves a favor and actually set up to have a more winnable New Year's Six game, just like last year with Auburn. Because if they're going up the like against the likes of in Alabama they would get crushed. Well, I'm not saying that they wouldn't, but 
give them the chance. Well, but see, here's the thing. Look at how much ESPN paid for the rights for oh, the I, college football. I, I know this. Them. That's what this is all about. I mean, if they didn't pay that much or if this was more legit and <laughs> under more NCAA control, I'm right there mm-hmm. with you. They earned a shot. But this is another case to where it's going to be a total talent mismatch yep. and you're going to have a lot of money going up against this. Yep. Okay. See, Eric just made my point. To be fair, though, let's not forget that we thought this, uh, several of us on this very panel thought this last year when Central Florida went up against Auburn in their New Year's Six game, and then they actually beat Auburn in their New Year's Six game. Thank you very much. Any given Saturday, things can happen. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. I do think, though, for Central Florida to have a realistic chance here, that they are going to have to get to a new into a group of six, into a group of five, not the uh, the outer five, but the inner five, because there's the power five. Power five. power five. Thank you. I had a brain fart there for a moment. They're going to have to get into a into a power five conference. That's for that but happen. but that is why I will I have said for years and I will continue to say that the quote unquote national champion, the quote unquote college football playoff is completely mythical because if you have to get into if you have to basically be invited to the table in order to have a legitimate season then that's not a legitimate sport that's like saying that let's think what's the worst division in the NFL right now uh currently the I mean the the NFC East is pretty crazy. Okay, right now. L- l- let's just say the NFC East. So by that logic, because like the NFC East doesn't have the strength of schedule that the rest of the NFL has, Washington is automatically disqualified from making the playoffs. D- does that sound? Should, does that sound right? Yes, because they should be disqualified on the basis of their racist nickname anyway. Well, not to mention the fact that you had multiple below 500 teams in the NFL make the playoffs through somewhat fluky circumstances. They won, yes, and hell, I'll even give you an example in other leagues. In arena football, early 2000s, a division champion at 9-7 and seven did not go to the playoffs because the league took the best teams based upon scheduling in records, and they missed out on tiebreakers. So the league had to actually change the rules to prevent something like that from happening again. I think, and there's been plenty of cases about this being the way that it should be in the NBA as well, and I'm of the opinion now, with as star-heavy as the NBA in this, and honestly, you can make the argument with as star-heavy and as talent and as heavily talent-laden a lot of the teams tend to skew, that when it comes to the postseason... Rather than sticking with the traditional format, you might be better off going uh, 1 through 12 regardless of conference. Uh, You can do that more in the NBA because of more even scheduling. Everybody plays everybody home and away, and you have those extra games. I think with scheduling, it wouldn't necessarily be feasible in the NFL. 
All right, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and move on, Eric. You're up here. Who's your get it together for the week? My get it together is USC, specifically your fan base. Yes, I get it. You had no business losing to UCLA. Yes, I get it. You're having a crap year. But can we end this tradition of putting together a GoFundMe to fly a plane over the stadium and saying fire Clay Helton and possibly fire Lynn Swan? Just stop it. These people are going through enough as is. Just, uh, yeah, they're not the greatest. And I mean, Lynn Swan, yes, as an athletic director, he's got some questions to answer, but let them try to figure out and sort this out and actually get you a competent replacement so you can continue to seize the city of Los Angeles and go back to where you were in the then Pac-10, now Pac-12. Just be patient. Give this time. If they screw it up, then go ahead and pitch forks, torches, and all. Just not now. Okay, maybe let's not use the words fire in California in the same sense. Now either. Poor taste, Trojan fans. Poor taste. Brandon, That's what she said. Thanks. Look, in reading up in some of the chat that you had Stop. started the <laughs> show, you were talking about me and my choice of words. Let's move on here. Brandon, <laughs> get it together. My get it together for this week is the Carolina Panthers. The NFC East is laden with talent and laden with good teams and you are fighting for a playoff spot, and especially after getting blown out by the Steelers last week, why are you going for two at the end of the game? Yes, if you get it, you you have a much better chance of winning. But take the points, keep the momentum, give yourself an opportunity to win in overtime, and just... Yeah, they're on a downhill slide right now, and they need to get it together and get it together fast if they want to make the playoffs still. Okay, so let's state for the record, my, so that happened, my stud, Eric's dud. You've stolen from both of us tonight, Brandon. Congratulations. Well, there have been only been certain things that have been going on this week. Regardless, schmuck. All right, moving on. My I'm just glad he quit stealing my stuff. <laughs> How dare you pop me on air, Jason? Damn you. All right, let's get back to the show here real quick. My get-it-together for the week is the Boston College Eagles. Do you remember when the when the college football playoff rankings came out a couple of weeks ago and Boston College was sitting in 18th going to their game against Clemson? And yeah, no. I do remember that because I said somebody on that committee is smoking something. <laughs> Do you remember the fact that they actually put college game day in Boston for for the Clemson-Boston college game? Boy, that was a mistake. The game itself, actually, Boston College had a good accounting of themselves. 27-7 to what is easily the first or second best team in college football right now. It's nothing to hang your heads about. Coming back out and losing the very next week to Florida State. 
four and six, Florida State. What the hell, Boston College? And I can't even say anything about them because uh, they beat they us. So, yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you beat Florida State as well. So you got that going for you. Yeah, four and six, Florida State. Woo! Woo! Five and six now. Soon to be five and seven after we're done with them this Saturday. God, I hope so. <laughs> Florida State. You lost to Florida State! Get it together, Boston College. Okay. That was the one I was saving my voice for. I feel better now. Gentlemen, I have a question for you. Are you serious? I am not the father. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I was framed. Video evidence can be doctored. Wait, what? Uh, uh, Brandon? Yes? <laughs> Let me guess, you've overtaken me. We are tied for straight-up victories. I have a better ATS record. I lead the standing. <sighs> I started off so well this season. You did. Although, I owe part of that to the fact that Detroit and Riverboat Ron ended up happening on Sunday and given me a straight-up in addition to ATS win. Because if, per chance, let's say Carolina does kick the extra point, that game goes into overtime and Carolina scores a touchdown. I take a straight-up and ATS loss in that game. Ron, Ron Rivera has doomed us all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm also very glad that I backed out of my Philadelphia versus New Orleans pick once I realized <laughs> two other people had it. And... Let the record state that I gave you both the opportunity to back out of that prediction. <sighs> All right. Let's start in college football, Brandon. You lead us off. Um, mine's going way deep into the depths of, of the college football abyss. Remember, this week we start with it must be at yep. least... Uh, uh, oh, I know this. Hence why I had to go into the abyss to find one that I was confident enough in. Um, do you remember LSU lost to a certain team in the beginning of the season? Um, a Florida team? Yes. No, no, not a Florida team. LSU's losses were Florida and Bama. If I'm not mistaken. I thought they had one other one, or was this last year that I'm thinking of a certain team in, in Alabama? Uh, are you referring to Auburn? No, they beat Auburn 22-21. to This team I... is not a high-end team by any stretch of the imagination. Then I really have no idea what you're talking about. Just say it. Some of us have to go to sleep. This team Again. is right on the border of Alabama and Georgia. This would be the Troy Trojans. And I am taking... They, they beat Nebraska this year, not LSU. Oh, okay. Then that was last year that Troy beat LSU. I am taking Troy over Appalachian State. What are they getting in that game? Um, F. I think it's like... Fifteen or sixteen, something. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. There we go. Just found it, and I disagree. The game's in Appalach against Appalachian State. It's at Appalachian State. I think App State wins. But 
It is marked anyway. Eric, you're up. After, oh, that Memphis SMU game, I saw the first half, and I'm thinking, damn, I should have stuck with that. I saw the final score, and I'm like, damn, I am so relieved. Because, yeah, thanks to them and what happened in Arizona, I'm pretty sure I had my best weekend of the season in Are You Serious? I have you listed at 1-1 one one straight up, 2-0 um, and o against the spread, plus 12 points. So, yeah, it was probably your best season of the week. So, yeah, let's keep this rolling, especially after the chaos that earned themselves a spot on Bad Beats on SportsCenter. I'm going to stick with them. Hawaii plus 17 over San Diego State. Hawaii coming off of a win, actually, I believe, over UNLV, I think. Correct. And that was the bad beat because they trailed late, but they managed to cover. Very well. Jason, your college football pick. Um, there's something to be said about rivalry games. No matter how bad a team is, a rivalry game sparks a really close eagerness to win. That being said, there's a big rivalry game this week. A 24-point rivalry game. And um, I'm going to go out on a limb and take Eagles? the Auburn Tigers. More Eagles! Getting 24 versus Bama. I'm not going to lie. I gave that game a second look, but I think, I think I'm going to stay in the SEC for my prediction. And I'm going to make a prediction that came true last year and I believe will come true once again this year. Eric. Mm-hmm. There was a team in Starkville last year that had an opportunity to play in a New Year's Six game with Dan Mullen as their coach. I remember that actually somewhat fondly. They had the opportunity to clinch said New Year's Six game at home against their in-state rivals. Oh, the Egg Bowl. Well, this year, once again, Mississippi State, who now does not have Dan Mullen, is 8-3. and three. Their in-state rivals, Ole Miss, are 5-6. and six. But here's the key point for this game for me. Ole Miss is not bowl eligible regardless of six victories. They are on NCAA sanction that prevents them from going to a bowl game. Therefore, this is their bowl game. And this game is at Ole Miss. I am getting 13 and a half points and I am taking the Rebels. Well, at the end of the day, somebody's going to get scrambled. That was a terrible yoke, Eric. <laughs> I, I had to come out of my shell at some point. <laughs> okay, that one was better. Let's move over to the National Football League and get past these excellent puns. Brandon? This is very exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. <laughs> I agree. I, I, Excellent. 
Um, I think I'm about to take someone else's pick, and yet we're both going homer on this one. But, I mean... (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, hold on, hold on. Do you realize he just pulled the trifecta? (laughs) (laughs) The disco trifecta is in full effect. He not only stood a stud, a dud, and now he's still in the... Are you serious? The disco... We and we need to we need to name this. He also stole a uh, he also stole stole a show that happened as well. I'm just throwing so that up. It was a quad effect actually, which no, you could so bet on Bookie.ag, I believe. It's a trifecta if he steals either a stutter dud, a so that happened, and an are you serious? If he steals both the stud and dud <laughs> and the other two, this is the Bisco superfecta. <laughs> If he steals a stud and a dud, it's it's called Bisco wants to be Teasley. God. You all God. suck. Bisco. You all suck, but hey, Eagles are injured. We already talked about it, like Jason said. Uh, yeah, Giants are on a roll right now. I think they beat the Bucks. Let's be honest. They're starting to get their act together. I think they can beat the Eagles. Or at least cover the spread. I believe the number is six. Jason, are you confirming that this is your pick as well? Yes, Bisco has stolen a pick of all three of us. Uh, I'm very disheartened. I'm pretty sure he does... I'm pretty sure he does no prep. He just goes through the chat and then just tries to see what he (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to roll with it. And just see if they catch on. <laughs> that's, that's this funny. is why he's always late. He's <laughs> always late because he's scrolling through the chat to see what our our picks are so he can steal them. I'm going to start giving uh, my studs and duds the day on Sundays. We do, That's what we usually pick them. And then you go through the chat and steal them. Anyway. No, no. See, I, I just go based on stats. You don't get to you don't make your studs and duds made known till till like the day that we're going to record. So I'm pretty sure I, I'm until somebody proves me wrong. Bisco Bisco scrolls through the chat going, uh, "Those assholes, they'll never figure this out. They forgot who they picked on Sunday." Nope, I'm saying quite the opposite. Oh, those assholes stole my pick. <laughs> then you should be announcing them earlier. Fair enough. All right, let's get back to it here. It's Eric, prep work. Uh, real quick, actually, we, we're officially going to try to do this going forward. Anytime it happens from now on, it's just hashtag Brandon gonna Brandon. Eric, your NFL are you For this one, just continuing with it, even though I'm not 100% confident in a certain quarterback's return. And, yeah, I'm fully prepared to have you eat my words for this one because it will help another prediction that I had at the beginning of the season where everybody laughed at me. Miami plus five and a half. Or seven and a half. Is that the... No, that's not the New England game. Who's Miami playing? Indy. Indy. Oh, Indy. I don't think so, but I will write it down anyways. 
Also, I was uh, considering aspect. that, but um, yeah, with how Indy's playing, I was like, eh. Indy might be the hottest team in the NFL right now, not lame, not named Los Angeles or New Orleans. And someone had them picked that they were going to win the division. Gee, I wonder who that was. All right, no, sure, dumbass. Shut <laughs> up. It was, it was a chair. It was a chair. <laughs> All right. Um, I got a doozy because picking against this team has done wonders for me before this year. So I'm going to do it again. Two weeks ago, there was a certain team on Monday Night Football that was a seven-point favorite that proceeded to get its ass handed to them by the Tennessee Titans. Oh, In a okay. national primetime game. This year, this week, excuse me, this weekend, well, technically not even this weekend, tomorrow, as we are recording this on Wednesday in our normal time, this team is a, I believe, six-point favorite in a nationally broadcast game against a team that, once again, has a better record than them. My official NFL Are You Serious pick of the week is the Washington Racists over the Dallas Cowboys. Do you really trust um, Colt McCoy? He played well enough against Houston to win on Sunday. True. Yeah, but they didn't. <laughs> also, for the for future res- reference, the Bisco burglary is the hashtag. <laughs> I like that hashtag Bisco burglary. Does that mean when we open a restaurant that we actually get, like, the Bisco Burger and he just steals toppings from everybody else at the table? No, he just steals the whole plate. <laughs> like, after you do order and you get your food, Bisco just comes by and takes your food. You all suck. Yeah, it's like, no, you really didn't want fries with that, but I did. <laughs> exactly. I know I know you ordered fries, but you know I know you ordered fries at the beginning, but I just figured out that I wanted fries, so I'm just gonna take yours. Ben <laughs> biscoed. We kids oh, because we... Hey look at it this way. If we didn't make fun of you, you would think we you'd think we were giving you preferential treatment. Fair enough. If we did make fun of you, you think something was seriously wrong with one of us. Yeah, that is true. There's plenty seriously wrong with all of us, and that's why this show works as well as it does. Oh, boy, does it ever. Uh, Quick, since we didn't get an opportunity to do them last week, the current updated standings for Are You Serious? Yeah, rub it in my face. You're goddamn right. I am eight and fourteen against us uh, straight up. I am thirteen and nine against the spread. Which, if I'd have been placing these bets at my okay, we've run that joke into the ground. <laughs> uh, I am plus sixty nine giggity points on the season. <laughs> Brandon is eight and fourteen straight up, twelve and ten against the spread, plus twenty two and a half points on the season. Jason is three and nineteen straight up. Nine, yes. nine and thirteen against the spread. You had the worst week of the kickoff history this week in your are you serious picks, Jason? If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> you are last. You are. You picked Syracuse against Notre Dame and Philly against New Orleans. 
your two games lost by a combined 56 and a half points. Yes. I'm not the worst <laughs> anymore. I'm out hey. of basement. No, you're not. <laughs> I wouldn't That's why so I'm taking the division rival. I wouldn't be so braggadocious, Eric, because your stat line is 2 and 20, 7 and 15, minus 136.5. But the comeback is on. I can feel it. <laughs> he did go. He did get his second straight up win of the season just this past week. So he might have a point there. <laughs> Thank you, John Gruden. I may never say those words again. <laughs> Still can't believe Oakland actually won another game. I thought for sure that dumpster fire was going one in fifteen. <laughs> yeah, but again, they were going up against another dumpster fire that was Arizona. I was like. Hmm, that's just intriguing enough to where anything could happen. True. Gentlemen, do we have any final words before we get out of here? Uh, just happy Thanksgiving to everyone. If you celebrate it, indeed, have a wonderful, safe, and productive Thanksgiving, be it with friends or family. Who doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving? Are we, like, are, do we get, like, overseas, like, downloads? We're, like... We're like, you do realize that Jehovah Witnesses don't celebrate holidays, right? Well, Jehovah Witnesses also knock on your door like at inopportune <laughs> times and get upset when you answer the doors naked. I also find that they get upset when you answer the door and pretend you're a Satanist. They don't appreciate. <laughs> it. But hey, has hey. anybody told you about our wonderful Lord and Savior? No, but has anybody ever told you how great Satan is? They don't stay for much longer after that. I could imagine. <laughs> go ahead, Jason. You were saying? When you open the door completely naked and you have to go, hey, my eyes are up here. Talk to me about the Lord and Savior you're bringing into my house. They don't tend to want to tell that because just like fighting, if you do it naked, nobody wants to participate. I feel like this, just like fighting, do it naked, no one wants to participate. It title of Eric's porno. <laughs> no, because I'm thinking back to the day after I had my, well, the day, oh, I had okay, my car family accident. show. <laughs> Look, is it my okay, fault I was really Hey, you were the one who specifically brought up porno. Hell no! <laughs> I, know, I, I started this, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's Harry like, was the one who escalated, it's though. Like up UC, it's like bringing UCF up and Brandon going to Tyree. I know. Sometimes I just step in the McAdoo-doo. <laughs> uh, can we please have him sign somewhere, please? Somewhere, anywhere, Ben. Make it happen. We beg of you. Cleveland is looking at Condoleezza Rice. Certainly Ben McAdoo can get a job there. I just want to find out where he lives and just go get a picture with him just to make my profile picture for this chat. <laughs> but but then we'll miss the chair. <laughs> no one ever. <laughs> I can't believe this started out as a ha heartfelt happy Thanksgiving wish and turned into this d d abomination. Well, hey, I'll, uh, I'll turn it around for you. For everybody in the great white north, have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe if it's bad weather. Be sure to make it to the Great Cup. Go Red Blacks!
I actually have money on them this year. Thank you, my bookie. Happy holidays. Nobody kill each other at the Walmart. <laughs> Trying to get a good deal on your crock pot. Seriously, if if you're throwing punches at somebody for a television in Walmart, <laughs> you're crazy. Just, yeah, for real. Like, come on, people. It's not worth that. But in all sincerity, though, from us here at the kickoff, we wish you guys a very happy, healthy, and safe holiday. And we will see you guys back here next Wednesday, assuming Sean actually doesn't listen to us and lets us stay on the air. <laughs> For Eric Watkins, Jason Teasley, Brandon Biscoping, I'm Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation for now of the W2M <laughs> available online at W2Mnet.com. Also available through your favorite listening devices such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Podbean, Stitcher, Castbox. Hey Brandon, guess what? Spotify is here. And Glacier. Ben Tabisco. I'm out. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>